This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesker demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host Iris and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley. Today we're talking a movie from 2023 available in theaters. The Last Voyage of the... How do you pronounce it? There's, it's a point of contention. I say Demeter because everyone involved seems to say Demeter, including Anthony Hopkins in Bram Stoker's Dracula 1992. However, Kelly Ray insists on calling it the Demeter. Because it sounds more posh. Yeah, sounds more legitimatized. Let's go Demeter for the purposes of this discussion and call our director Andre Overdahl, even though that's probably now not how it's pronounced. Andre Overdahl, director of Last Voyage of the Demeter. Ooh, Wojciech, Wojciech, our only recognizable star, at least to me, in David, how do you say his name? Corey Hawkins? No. Who? You mean Corey Hawkins who played Dr. Dre in Straight Outta Compton? <laughs> Tell me that British is his default accent. It's not. Because it's like, if so, I'm going to be really impressed. It's like, what's up? He's like, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. I think Dr. Dre was closer to his natural accent. That said, are you on IMDb? Yep. Yeah. Move over to Wojciech. Oh, oh, oh. How do we know him? Well, he was in everything from The Dark Knight to the Ant-Man movies to all kinds of stuff. He's no stranger to horror himself. How do we say his name? Desmeltian. I would have bet the entire farm that that dude was some kind of British or Irish. He's from Kansas. (laughs) He's like, I love monster movies. Now, this is a classic, almost to a T, monster in the house. Yeah, man. It's what Universal's got. Replete with the save the cat moment where Clemens rescues, what's the kid's name? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He saves the kid <laughs> whose name was Toby in the movie. We want the dog to survive. Nope. Once he killed Huck, he's not my Dracula. Can we just get to the bottom of your pronunciation of Dracula? Dracula. You got the Wolfman <laughs> and Frankenstein and Dracula. <laughs> 
We got the save the cat moment. The girl's introduced, what, two-thirds of the way through? And she's definitely the half-man all scarred and bitten and stuff. (sighs) Is it straightforward? I would have thought so. I would have thought you could see the kills coming. It was suspenseful, obviously. But I wouldn't say it was a surprising movie. But if you've read Dracula, you know how this is going to end up. So it was a save the cat movie. It was a there's no way the dog's going to die movie. Clemens saves Toby from the crashing down of one of the dirt containers in the beginning. Yep. For what? One of the cargo things so he could die later. We we know how this movie is going to go. And so the only question was going to be how hard does the last voyage of the Demeter go? We thought we knew how this was going to go because we read Dracula. That being said, it doesn't exactly follow the book. Why Dracula is a straight-up demon is interesting, but questionable. And isn't he supposed to turn into a dog when he arrives at the at the shore? Yeah. Even though he insists on killing the, the only Asian dude, he goes all Night Fury and is just off the coast. Why doesn't he just beeline for the shore? Yeah, Brian asked the same thing. If he was already there, was it just the evilness that he had to complete the job? Or was he so tired of fasting and um, rationing that he just wanted to gorge himself? Despite the bookends in uh, starting in Varna when they're loading the boat in in port in, in England, where he's in the pub for whatever, just like a dude with bad teeth. Um, it really, really it, it really just kind of takes place on the ship, and that's what it's about. Were they setting up Clemens as a vampire hunter? Oh. Is he gonna hook up, you know, with Van Helsing later and try to finish the job? Well, there is no Clemens in Bram Stoker's thing. Maybe this would have been the graphic novel sort of modern hero in the Dracula tale, which, as we know, is no stranger to appropriation and revision and reimagining um it could be whatever it wants sure if it's going to be dracula and clemens across europe or something (laughs) you said bram stoker's dracula thing yeah that's barely what it is because we came home and read the excerpt the captain's log and there was a the other newspaper reporter's account of the demeter coming ashore but it it offers very little it's very we read it in 10 minutes yeah so it's a creature on a ship movie the director literally said it's basically alien on a ship even though alien is alien on a ship just not a seafaring type right i'm gonna go with closer to predator on a ship okay what kind of boat was the demeter it was a merchant vessel it was a schooner okay a boat with two or more masts with the main mast aforemost man i do think this is my aesthetic though i saw a meme that i completely agreed with it said make more movies on old ships You know what? The moment that Toby takes Clemens on the tour, I was like, man, that ship looks just like I imagined it. Yeah, it is a real ship that they built and had the set off Malta. It was in a giant tank and then it was in an infinity pool. And then over the edge of that, beyond that was the sea. So he wanted as much authenticity as possible while on this giant full-scale ship. They basically built a ship and a half because the interior was on a soundstage. It was a very cool ship, and it was a very cool vibe. The cinematographer did not skimp on the atmosphere. Lots of hazing going on. Since I tend to agree with you, what is it about this aesthetic that we like? Is it just growing up with Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride at Disneyland? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, There's a lot of haze and a lot of creaking old wood and stuff. But I think this era is my aesthetic 
in general. I guess it's the Victorian era. At the same time, the Wild West was happening over in America. But the late 1800s, when Dracula was written by Bram Stoker, seems to be like a favorite for me, just era-wise. Hmm, internationally, like both the western and then this this is what's happening over in europe kind of a thing yep and then absolutely to me at least the most important aspect of this being appealing to me is the practicality the entire ship being built as a set it wasn't cheated javier botet the amazing character actor uh creature actor who plays dracula it, it was all practical. It was all him in a suit, and he had to, like, eat and drink through, like, the eye holes of his little crazy, <laughs> crazy suit. And he's crazy lanky, and he has the most unusual—he has, like, a syndrome where all of his limbs are elongated, and he's freaky thin. It's really cool looking because it doesn't look like a bulky suit over a normally proportioned dude. But while they augmented his face and, and some of the stuff, and obviously he doesn't fly around, otherwise almost entirely practical this movie which feels to me really good wow yeah you're right he has marfan syndrome yeah which affects the body's connective tissue and apparently he is healthy enough to act and to be a prolific actor character actor and uh, creature performer so they get on the ship they're out to sea nothing but water in every direction it starts to rain and then it gets real it gets pretty real. Dracula starts picking people off. They play some scary Terminator-like music. <laughs> what's what's there more to Last Voyage of the Demeter? What's this movie about? Well, like I was saying earlier, I think it's not Alien on a ship. I think it's more Predator on a ship. And that is because of the inclusion of the stowaway, who is exactly the brunette, wet-haired girl that all the tough dudes are like, what are you doing here? And she's like... It's the demon who makes trophies of men. And she literally says he is the demon who wears the skin of a man. And she knows his name and everything about him. It was a very small contained tale that needed to go hard. If it was going to make its mark, uh, be remembered in the long pantheon of Dracula movies. And I'm not sure it did that because it is not doing well at all. But to its credit, it definitely goes hard. Speaking of the Terminator movie, I was trying to come up with the portmanteau for this movie. Uh, Alien and Vampire, Alien and Dracula don't really go together very well, nor Predator. So the best that I could come up with is Bite Tannic. <laughs> and by we, you mean you and Kelly Ray? Yep. <laughs> like laughing to ourselves Tannic. in the theater. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. I don't. That's not a concession, dude. That's great. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but if, if it's going to be remembered, it's got to go hard. And this movie goes hard because not only did they kill Huck, not only did they kill everyone on board. Not only did they kill poor Lord Davis's kid. Who? who oh, is it? You talking? Is that a Game of Thrones reference? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Lost on me. Liam but, Cunningham. But I was thinking, if this movie had balls. It would kill the kid, and then it killed the kid, and then it made him a vampire, and then it burned him, <laughs> and then it Jack Dawson'd him. Oh, man. Right. right over the side of the ship. So that's so they went hard. Yeah, that was my Cameron Terminator and Aliens reference. 
Poor kid. Poor Liam Cunningham. He was really distraught. I thought that was a really nice piece of acting by the captain. You know what? I loved not only his acting, and I think the acting from pretty much everyone was admirable. I really loved his face. Like, he made a great captain, and I didn't feel like it was, he just inhabited that role. And I just loved watching him. Yeah, he's great. You should watch Game of Thrones. But what is it about the captain's beard that it always has to grow out sideways? Oh yeah, that's like the how do they chops. get that square? <laughs> is that what it? How they get that square look to the beard? It's because it's the sideburns. That's like rough, coarse hair. It sticks out. You can shape it nicely. <laughs> like sideburns don't flow in the breeze. But he had. But he was really rocking it. So nice piece of acting from Liam Cunningham. Uh, Clemens Corey Hawkins continues to surprise us, going from Doctor Dre to the British Doctor Clemens in Last Voyage of the Demeter. How about some, well, and we've covered a few other people. Anyone else worthy of note? It wasn't the actors that I took any issue with whatsoever in this movie. It was mostly, obviously, the choices that they make. When they're all in agreement, it's not like they're separated. They know that they're being picked off one by one. And the fact that they don't, they don't band together and make like elaborate Rube Goldberg style traps and tripwires and stuff Predator style is beyond me. The fact that they keep posting a Night Watchman and just like, hope this one doesn't get picked off. Oh, darn it. Seems unrealistic <laughs> to me. Um, if Clemens and Anna find where the devil sleeps, why not just throw the devil's bed overboard? Right. Or set it on fire. Yeah. See, but then he pops out and he's on fire and you have to fight him. Yeah, but at least you got the upper hand. I mean, open up his crate in the little ray of sunlight that makes it down to the cargo hold. Yeah, but they didn't exactly know. Even though she was like, his name is Dracula. I don't know that they knew necessarily how to defeat him. It wasn't like, oh, garlic. And, and this Dracula was like, F your boat, F your cross. I'm doing whatever I want. Yeah, Brian was definitely asking about the authenticity of this Dracula. He was like, yeah, he's like not debonair or anything. And in, in the original 1897 Dracula, he's not suave. He's more animalistic and, and stuff, but he's not a full on like gargoyle. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's primarily an old man with flowing beard and mustache. So this is OG Dracula lore, because this is hearkening back to the first wildly popular vampire tale. Hearkening back. Oh, that's pretty good. Even though Hark, 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 Harker has no part in this story. <laughs> so there's a meme going around that people think, seem to think was really funny. And that was, it was like, today I learned, or I was today years old, when I realized that vampire fangs are not hollow, like a snake. And it was like, ever since I was a kid, I thought that Dracula would bite you in the neck and suck your blood through the fangs. Yeah. And then everybody the was case? like, wait, is that not the way it is? <laughs> Were you in that camp? I mean, we've talked or I've read a lot about the different manifestations of Dracula's teeth. In this, in this version, he clearly just has like gum disease and gingivitis and like all <laughs> kinds of dental problems. He's 400 years old. Give him a break. I always figured if he did have the pronounced canine things that, yes, he was sucking the blood through them. <laughs> well, Universal has suggested to us twice this year that Dracula just now has all sharp teeth. They're all sharp. And if that's the case and they're not hollow, bear with me here. If you bite into an apple, you can't suck the juice out of an apple while you're biting into it. 
you have to like tear that piece away or remove your teeth from the apple once they puncture the skin, right? You just need a full seal on that apple. Right. Okay. If you get the full seal, then you can do, <laughs> then you can suck. It's like sticking a chopstick into a Capri Sun. You have to take it out of there before you drink it. There's no other way to do it. <laughs> I guess so, because that makes a full seal. But at least in this movie, the bites weren't clean. Yeah, no, he was like gorging. He was all like... So so let's tear it apart, shall we? No pun intended. Why? Let, let's talk about Dracula's methodology. Why is Dracula all like baby shriveled Voldemort in the beginning? Now, having just left his home, wouldn't he be at his strongest? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you went back and read the, this chapter, did you get context? Because I know that he brings along the dirt because the dirt from Carpathia, from his home, is what gives him strength, which is not a very popular piece of Dracula lore and rarely used in other movies. Right. The progression of him gaining strength over the course of the film is also fairly unclear. Like, he's kind of shriveled and Voldemorty the entire time until he has wings. Yeah, but he didn't ha he was on the boat for like a month and there weren't 30 crew members so he wasn't getting fed every night why would he start with the animals and leave wagging tongues who would immediately find the dead animals why not start with human victims right off the bat is it because he was weak i figured yeah he preyed upon them cuz they were easy but um, that's a good point about wagging tongues. And what you mean by that is if he eats all of the humans' food, then he's going to have lesser or weaker humans to eat later on. Maybe he doesn't want to raise eyebrows. Well, he does it right off the bat. So everybody is pretty much aware that something terrible is happening from the beginning. True. They're like, hey, there's a powerful evil on board. Why not make for port? Like, at least to restock, they're like, we have no more food. All the livestock is gone. Our food is gone. How are we going to make it? Well, they definitely passed by close enough to Greece to see it. But I think that's, this one was pretty clear, that they all wanted the early delivery bonus, and no one was going to make the call to sacrifice it and compromise it by stopping at some additional port. See? Another Titanic parallel. It's just dumb. Oh, yeah. Hey, EJ. Right? <laughs> Give them something new to talk about. Right? And so they were leaving from Varna and the superstitious deckhands or port hands or whatever were, were like, we need to leave before the sun sinks. Once they saw the dragon logo on the boxes, did they know? Yeah. They also grew up in the shadow of the castle. <laughs> right. Good luck, bro. So if the locals know that Dracula is on, on the ship, then that night, that's party time in Transylvania, right? <laughs> Because they've been rid of the evil Yay. presence. I mean, that's true. And, and and it is worth noting again the strange reference to there not being enough or any any more food for him to eat. Like maybe, he, he, maybe his preference was young women and he had eaten all of them. I don't know. Well, there's only one 
in this movie that he kept alive, they knew something was odd with her, right? She was somehow a part of this, even though they didn't really know what they were in for. Why would they trust her with the gun when she's the devil's concubine? Hmm. I forget. Who gives her the gun? Clemens? I don't recall. Maybe it was Clemens, but it was getting down to it by that point. They were pretty desperate, and it wasn't like, let's see what happens tonight. They were actively seeking him out. Well, I think you answered your own question. But yeah. she does not do a good job of making herself trustworthy. Like, you'd think she'd want to endear herself to these people right? a little bit more, lest they murder her. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like Clemens was kind of a thin shield. But Clemens just, he came to this position unwillingly. He just was who was left to be like a person of authority. He was a doctor, but even as a doctor, he wasn't taken seriously. No, because they, well, they doubted that his particular expertise would come to any use. Right. And it's like cops, like cops that turn in an American gangster, cops that turn in like large sums of money can't be trusted. He Why? was like, nah, money's not important to me. I'm just here to see the world and understand the world. But why can't you trust a cop who turns in money? Because you can't trust him to not turn in all the other cops who take money. Oh. Everybody's human and everybody's susceptible. And you can't trust the one straight arrow that's going to blow everybody's fun time or whatever. Mm. Mm-hmm. So... At the end, how did Anna know that she she was like, die, you fiend, or whatever. And she, like, cut the spar or released the thing that, like, stuck him in the gut and, and, like, pinned him to the mast? Oh, oh, oh. How did she know that that would kill him? Well, it didn't kill him. It didn't kill him. It did not kill him. Because we know that Dracula can't die. She slowed him down a little bit. Yeah, slowed him down, forced him to remain on the ship instead of going all night fury before it crashed into the beach. And then he was supposed to be dead and the ship was going to burst into flames or whatever. And he was going to die or get off of the ladder. He was like, nah, bruh. And he took off that thing that stuck him in the gut like it was a seatbelt and just hopped off. <laughs> it didn't even kind of kill him. He was he was pretty unhappy, though, when it landed on him. I bet. He was like, yeah. <laughs> Because we do know he makes it eventually to Carfax Abbey. I was like, how did he get the, the boxes of earth off the ship if he abandoned it? Because even in the novel, once it, it grounds itself, the wolf leaps off and is never seen again. Um, so I was like, well, what did he just abandon all his boxes of earth? But there was a person uh, on the manifest or the cargo manifest or whatever who had claim to those things and was waiting and one of his familiars or something comes and collects the merchandise the following day after it's grounded. That's right. Picks it up, delivers it to Carfax Abbey. And I think that, yeah, because Clemens is now on the trail, we know this information. Yeah. Clemens, vampire hunter. <laughs> right. Is it effective character development for Wolchek or whatever to be promised the Demeter following the captain's farewell voyage. Because they really made a thing of that. He was like all proud and honored to turn this vessel over to you. You deserve it and stuff. I think they're just trying to, you know, rub salt in the wound. Although the captain certainly never seems to fully turn it over. Um, no in, way. In the He's going down with the ship, man. I mean, in the in the newspaper report, he's still tied to the, the steering wheel yep. when the ship arrives. Yep, uh, in trying to prevent this entity from taking over his ship. Right, so presumably Clemens cuts him down, what, just out of respect? Sure. Because he's pretty much already done by the time Clemens cuts him out. Yeah, Clemens is the only survivor besides Dracula himself. 
Yeah, so maybe I got it wrong. Maybe Dracula's actually hunting Clemens in the pub. Mm, well, he so the knock thing had to pay off, right? And he did knock. And although he didn't do like the signature boat knock, it was just a general knock. Like, hey, I'm here. You know me or whatever. So he was just letting Clemens know that he was aware of Clemens hunting him? I think so. I was caught off guard. I was um I wasn't really into when they spent time on land. Like I was not expecting to to spend time in in England. I agree. I think they should have probably ended it, you know, at the boat or maybe with the the dog running off. I think he's in a cemetery or something. Anyway, that was all kind of weird for me in part and and probably the weakest part. But otherwise, even though we know the direction that this ship is headed and we know it's going to happen to all of the crew, it still was a nice, scary ride. I mean, got great jumps out of me and the scope of being on the ship and on the open on the open water, I think, made it worth seeing this in the theater. Overall, I think, um, did they bite off more they could chew than they could chew? Uh, get it? No. I think that while I agree with you and it really should have stayed on the ship, I had my, my concerns from the beginning. I was like, all right, let's get Seaward, right? I didn't want to be on the dock in Varna. I didn't care about all the character establishment and choosing the crew. It didn't really matter to me. Like, oh, how is Clemens going to get aboard as we obviously know he will? Because everyone's going to die is what I figured. And then when everybody died, I didn't need Clemens being set up as the next great vampire hunter in the pub or whatever. It should have kind of ended there. That said, I'm tracking this movie according to IMDb at an hour 58, which is actually very long. They could have easily cut those bookended ending devices and it would have been as effective, maybe more effective because it would have been clean and precise and exactly what it needed to be, not a frame more or less. It, It didn't really feel long while we were on the ship, but I did think it ended several times. Um, I also found it to be an engaging, gothic, sort of edge of your seat, fairly contained monster on a ship kind of thing that I had a lot of fun with. And of course, I only tear it apart because I love, but also because we know so well the story of Dracula, its limit, his limitations, and how that's been changed over time, and just what they could have done. Because in Alien, in Predator, the whole point is that you try to band together and do a thing. You f- create a unified front to defeat this this unholy evil or whatever. And they didn't really do that so much in this movie, but it was fine because he picked them off one by one. Uh, Asian dude couldn't even get far when he was like, F you guys, and took the boat for himself. He's like, I'm going to kill you out of spite. And just to show you that if I can't kill the one minority, I'm going to kill the other minority. <laughs> I think maybe the difference here is that this was a a ragtag group of sailors, whereas in Alien they're all like scientists. Could it just mean <laughs> that the could it just be that the cumulative IQ of the groups are different, uh, and that's why that's why maybe they didn't make the most superior decisions. Well, the Alien crew, at least on the Nostromo, was a salvage crew. They were like roughnecks, and Predator were they were mercenaries. Well, kinda. Anyway. Huh. So is it weird that Universal, who is behind this and this year's Renfield, didn't have any tie-ins whatsoever in the parks for this movie? Do you think it was a wait-and-see kind of thing? Yeah, I don't think that either of these are supposed to be those kinds of 
blockbusters. Renfield is kind of quirky. Demeter's a little bit niche. I don't think either of them are supposed to be, you know, the mummy ride experience on the tram. That would be cool, though, to have, like, misting, like, rain and effects or whatever, and you're on the ship, and Dracula, you go into, like, the, the tunnel, and it's, like, augmented reality, or it's, like, a 3D experience, and Dracula is, like, hiding all over the place and stuff, and you're, like, on the tram <laughs> on the ship. That would be sweet. Yeah, I guess it's just, it's, he's not the prototypical Dracula, which is what made this fun and new and novel, but I think that makes it less kind of p- appealing. I mean, The Last Voyage of the Demeter is... I think a cool title, but not marketable. You don't know it's on a ship. You don't know that it's Dracula. I think it was a great choice, but I don't think that they did themselves any favors with the title. And changing the release from, what was it, May to August was a curious choice too. I think that this might have been plagued with some problems. Or maybe it was just weird programming this summer, and they really had to kind of find that right place. But maybe this will get a little surge in Halloween, and mm. we'll certainly include it or point people to it when we have Halloween here at Or Whatever Movies. I hope so. So what's your final rating? It doesn't have any box office prospects, really, because it kind of it has come and gone. Um, it got crushed under the, bar- the Barbenheimer wheel. While it doesn't specifically allude to a ship or to Dracula, even though the marketing material would suggest otherwise, we both knew it was going to be that thing. Instantly recognized the name, knew that it was going to be a Dracula movie or at least a vampire movie. I didn't know that they were going to directly name drop the count. But that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted a not necessarily adhering to Universal's Dracula formula, and I wanted a cool tale, a gothic tale on a boat with a terrifying vampire creature who was not the seductive count. And that's exactly what I got. So I wanted this to be my private little joyful vampire movie. And if it made money, then great. I really hope it would have, I wished it would have, and I hope it finds some success, but I got exactly what I wanted, more or less. I don't know that it pushes the envelope, but I didn't need it to. And does that all translate to an all right? Yeah, an all right movie in which I had fun. Uh, It was my favorite Dracula movie this year. Can we say that? No. Yeah, man. I gave Renfield a solid whatever. And I gave Nicolas Cage a totally. In The Last Voyage of the Demeter, Clemens says, I do not fear you. (laughs) And then then Dracula says... (laughs) And Kelly and I have had real problems with the summer blockbusters, and I couldn't understand half of what was being said in Oppenheimer. And Kelly Ray turned to me in this movie and was like, what did he say? Because it was all overlayered. He was like, (laughs) Anything Dracula, yes, you will, because we will continue to slice and dice this and serve it up in, in hopefully new, interesting, and novel ways, like I think they did with the Demeter. And for that reason, I'll give it a good. And that's our discussion on The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Demeter? <laughs> yes, one of those two. This is a little appetizer for Halloween at War, whatever movies, which will be coming this October. If you enjoyed this review, check out our others. Alien, Aliens, Predator. Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic, Renfield, and 200 plus others at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you get podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you may do so at 818-835-0473 or whatevermovies at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you. We always love it when you subscribe, so please do it right now. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Today is working for me. 
Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.